He is slowly putting on every ounce of weight that Adele has lost. It's the Church of Spence-tology podcast. Here's Spence. Episode 132. Hello. Uh, the latest culprit to the midsection weight gain is the delicious pesto pasta at Rachel's Kitchen. <laughs> it's got chicken in it. You know, sun-ripened tomatoes. <laughs> hey, I didn't, I didn't have it delivered. I, w- I drove down there, but I walked from my car inside the restaurant to get it. Mind your business. I'm going to do uh, P90X plyometrics later. Take a bite of that. <laughs> that is the talk, though, th- this morning anyway, is how awesome Adele looks. I tried to find out. I tried to type in uh, how much weight Adele had lost. Have you seen the photo? Pretty amazing. Uh, it's <laughs> the first thing that comes up says she lost seven stone. In American! Oh, nearly 50 pounds. That's amazing. But let me ask you this. You know, Chrissy Teigen and little Nas X have come out and like, oh my God, you look amazing. I know those aren't like A-listers, but nonetheless, <laughs> definite Instagram influencers. They've said, oh, you look amazing, the whole thing. Is that not kind of fat shaming? Is that not kind of reverse fat shaming, if you think about it? Because by saying, oh my God, you look amazing, aren't you saying, man, you look like shit before? And because she was heavy before, or heavier, that's kind of an insult. It's kind of a backhanded compliment. Now, it doesn't matter what you or I think, or Chrissy Teigen, or even Lil Nas X. It matters what Adele thinks. And obviously, this is something she wanted for herself. She already got rid of that 180 pounds of dead weight in her husband. (laughs) She thought she'd add another seven stone to that. So obviously, she wanted to do it. Maybe it was for health reasons. Maybe because she wanted to, she would feel sexier, skinnier. All of that. I, I don't know. But when you compliment her so much on her weight gain, you're kind of fat shaming her in reverse. Think about it. The other issue I have, because apparently new music's on the horizon for Adele. Do you lose your ability to sing when you lose the fat? I'm not, I'm not being a dick. I'm simply pointing out it happens with comedy. You lose the fat, you lose the funny. Case in point, uh, Carlos Mencia. <laughs> you might say, well, he never was funny. No, he's a good guy, number one. Number two, he's funny. But when he was fat, he was really funny. And then he got skinny. And he wasn't so funny anymore. And then he got fat again, but too late. The funny was gone. Haven't heard from him since, right? Oh, Jonah Hill. Lost the fat, lost the funny. He was hilarious and super bad and all that stuff. And then, well, maybe it's because he got older, but I don't think so. I think he lost the funny when he lost the fat. And then he gained it back, but didn't get the funny back. So does that work with a singing voice? Is it, we'll have to write this down. As successful as Adele was when she was heavier, will she match that success when she's skinny and and we can, you know, we can check the billboard charts and find out how successful. I think what should have happened is it, there should have been all the weight that she lost. She should have given some to Celine. <laughs> I saw that clip, you know, when they did uh, My Heart Will Go On in front of the Bellagio Fountain, she and James Corden. And I'm like, damn, she needs some pesto pasta from Rachel's Kitchen. By the way, they didn't pay for that. It's just it's what I actually had for breakfast, lunch, 
I didn't eat all of it because I'm going to have some later so I can get all of the calories from that delicious pesto pasta. Coming up on the Church of Spenceology podcast today, we are going to do a, a round of stuff on your TV you may not have seen, but you really should see on your TV. Um, I do have the extra time because uh, I've now been unemployed for five months and six days. I will say this again. I was let go by Intercom uh, Corporation on December 31st, and the world has gone to shit since. I think we can all agree on that. Break. Um and then uh, we will <laughs> a song of the week in honor of uh, Cinco de Mayo, actually Seis de Mayo and tequila, which causes your Seis de Mayo to be a total disaster. Um, but we're going we're gonna to end this debate once and for all. Who is the absolute worst, man? Who is it? Is it the atheist? Is it the vegan? Or is it the crossfitter? That's all on the way. But first, life decisions are tough. So, you know, I type in stepmom into porn, which is something I do every day. And <laughs> I just clicked on the first thing I saw. And, you know, I knew two seconds in that it was Tracy because she's my stepmom. And, and then I thought, well, you know, maybe she's just an actor. Some of these things are not are fake, you know. Um, but then I saw Steven, my brother. And I knew it was him right away because we have... Um, matching Ant-Man tattoos on our back from the Paul Rudd movie. <laughs> and then I thought, well, you know, at least it's not the whole family. At least Dad's not there. <laughs> and then Dad knocked on the door. And then I thought to myself, well, you know what? Maybe I was out of town. Maybe I was out of I've never been out of town in my life. I've never <laughs> left this town. But I thought, maybe I was out of town. And then, and then Dad goes, don't worry. Grace is downstairs. She's eating chili. She'll never hear a thing. <laughs> and I remember that chili too. <laughs> I was, and I would have, I would have put the chili down honestly if they could have let me in to have a porn with them. <laughs> I, I love chili, but it's not the most. It's not more important than family porn. I love chili, but it's not as important as family porn. That's the poll right now. <laughs> Should be on CNN. <laughs> Which do you prefer, chili or family porn? And by the way, just so you, you don't go look, you perv, uh, I already searched in Pornhub, and I just typed in chili and family, and apparently there is not <laughs> there's not a genre involving both. I mean, if that's what you want to do. But if you're into making that kind of stuff, you could be a trailblazer as far as that goes. By the way, her name is um, Grace Cullen Schmidt. And uh, her, I found that on Twitter, uh, she posts herself as a straight lesbian comedian. Uh, and you can find her under G Cullen Schmidt, K-A-K-U-H-L-E-N-S-C-H-M-I-D-T. That, that is friggin' awesome, bro. Friggin' awesome. Coming up on the Church of Spenceology podcast and uh, episode 132, we're going to finally decide who's worse, the atheist, the vegan, or the crossfitter. A song of the week styled for uh, the past week's crappy-ass Cinco de Mayo celebration. And uh, up next, stuff on your TV you may not have seen, but you really should see on your TV. Church of Spenceology podcast with a special message from your yoga pants. And now, ladies, a message from your yoga pants. Hey, girl, it's me, your favorite yoga pants. 
You know how I know I'm your favorite? You haven't taken me off in eight days. Listen, I, I love being all up in your business because we look good. But you bought me because I'm breathable and you're suffocating me. I feel like two pillows are holding my face down in a murky swamp. I need to come up for air. We're approaching ventilator stage at this point. So maybe if you peel me off, let me do that Tide Pod challenge thing and you could shower. You know that rainforest you got going on down there? You could use a little rain. While you're at it, maybe clean it up a bit. Uh, I'm pretty sure last week I saw a toucan. You could go old school. B remember your third date with Brad? Let's go back to that. Okay, good talk. Can't wait to go to Whole Foods again. Love you, kisses. This has been a message from your yoga pants. Unlike the coronavirus, nothing will protect you from this. It's the Church of Spencer-tology podcast. No, Spence-tology. Here's Suspense. Not Suspense, it's Spence. Come on. Here's Spence. Who's the worst ever? Is it the CrossFitter? Is it the Atheist? Or is it the Vegan? We'll discuss in just a second. Stuff on your TV you may not have seen that you really should see on your TV. On Netflix, there is a great documentary called Coronavirus Explained. It's only 27 minutes. If you want to get away from the politics of what Fox News is saying or what MSNBC is saying, you want to get and just get straight facts, Coronavirus Explained on Netflix is awesome. If you want to get the real facts as opposed to the pinhead in your Twitter feed who is neither an epidemiologist or virologist and uh, has just read a couple of articles and just thinks they know everything about everything, watch this documentary. Um, the virus is smart. And they talk about how different viruses over the years with humans and how the smartest ones are the ones that don't kill the host. Like the common cold, man, which is a, which is a coronavirus, right? It's one of the many. And, again, watch, watch the documentary. Because again, I'm not an epidemiologist. And it took me about 18 minutes to make sure I said that word right. One of the best parts of this documentary... First of all, in childlike terminology, it shows how a virus that's normally in an animal that a human couldn't get, and a virus that's normally in a human that an animal couldn't get, can somehow combine. Now, we all think it's from one of these wet markets in China, that in Wuhan, that the, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 came from. It's fascinating. So they talk about the Spanish flu, which originated in Kansas. I'm not sure why it was the Spanish flu, but... Basically, they think that a, a chicken had this virus and a, a, a farmer dude in Kansas had this virus and it somehow got on a pig and somewhere in the pig, the human and the bird virus combined and that's what killed 50 million people. And what's fascinating, uh, additionally, in Coronavirus Explained on Netflix is they talk about the Spanish flu and how different cities handled it differently. And they said St. Louis was one of the only cities in the country that immediately did quarantining and, and all of it. And they had this, you know, flattening the curve. It was the slow roll, okay? Where in Philadelphia, they had a parade in the middle of it. And the deaths spiked. I mean, just like what we're seeing now in different places. It's, it's fascinating. And then it started to go down in St. Louis and they eased the restrictions. And what did it do? It came right back up. So you see that, and you see all the different states opening, and, and I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong. It's, it's, fa it's interesting to see that this has happened in the not-too-distant past, and maybe we should pay attention. And sadly, I'm really worried 
that this second round of coronavirus is going to be even worse if states and municipalities open too soon. So check that out. Coronavirus Explained on uh, on Netflix. The other one I got into is also on Netflix. It used to be on AMC. I guess it came out in 2014. Um, actually, a douchebag co-worker of mine told me about this repeatedly, and because I thought he was a douchebag, I refused to watch it. But since I've been unemployed now for 56 days, no, 56 days. Oh my God, I've been unemployed for 156 days. Yikes! That hurts. Anyway, on, uh, on Netflix is a, is a show called Turn, Washington Spies. If you like Revolutionary War stuff, you know, that kind, of, that kind of stuff, historical dramas. It's a story of Abraham Woodhull and the spy ring that George Washington had to, uh, to beat the, the Brits in the, uh, the Revolutionary War. And uh, it, it really is. It's good. And there's four seasons, I think. So you, you've got a bunch of binge watching to do and you can get into that. Uh, and it, it's, it's actually pretty solid, especially again, if you like historical dramas. Finally, this week I finished up the second season of Afterlife. This is the Ricky Gervais dramedy, I guess, also on Netflix. Now, if you're a big fan of the C word, can't until next Tuesday or, or whatever, you'll love this show. Now the, the, the Brits, it's a different word for them. It's like using the F word. It, and to me, it's not offensive. Because in, in the United States, it's, it's a rough one. That that's might be the queen mother of all of them is, is using the C word. Ricky Gervais loves it and uses it re- repeatedly. Um, this is got, it's funny. And I love Ricky Gervais's comedy. But this is some serious shit. And it will... I'll be shocked if you don't cry several times. The, the ba- basically, the backstory is Ricky Gervais uh, writes for this little paper in uh, the Gazette, the Turnberry Gazette or something like that in, uh, in England, and his wife goes through cancer and she dies. That's why it's called Afterlife. So he's trying to put his life together and he's you know, borderline suicidal and a miserable son of a bitch through most of it. Um, and what's really cool about it is every episode or nearly every episode starts with an old video that that of his wife either memories of them doing stuff together or her in a hospital room talking to him and he's laying in bed or on the couch and he's it, it really is powerful it's funny and smart and it, I'll tell you it it got to me Ricky Gervais I stopped following on Twitter because it's always about animal rights and atheism. And I'm cool with both of them. I just don't want to hear it all the time. So I stopped because I want him to be funny. This has got Ricky Gervais funny in it, but it's deep. It's Afterlife. There's two seasons. If you haven't seen the second season, by the way, there are only like six episodes a season with Afterlife, but they are uh, totally, totally worth it. So, of course, that was stuff on your TV you may not have seen that you really should see on your TV. Episode 132 of the Church of Spenceology podcast. My name is Spence. Used to work mornings on a radio station here in Las Vegas. Now I uh, sit in my spare bedroom and talk to myself. <laughs> the idea for this bit came off of one single tweet that I found that just, just irritated me. Where is it? Oh, the tweet was... How do you love animals, but still eat them? Because they taste good? 
and I'm not trying to be insensitive. It's just the whole vegan thing. And, and by, if, if you want to not eat meat because of ethical reasons, cool. If you want to eat it because it's a healthier choice, I'll tell you, there are people that are vegan and they just look amazing. Fine. I, I have no problem with you being a vegan. I have a problem with you trying to shove your, uh, your cauliflower down my throat. And there's this, so, so that's what prompted this. And then there's the old joke. Um, I don't know if it's an old joke, but I've heard the joke. So, <laughs> uh, a vegan, an atheist, and a CrossFitter walk into a bar. Well, I only know this because they wouldn't shut the hell up about it. So I got to thinking, which of those three are the worst? Because as I mentioned a moment ago, I absolutely love Ricky Gervais. I find him to be incredibly talented and oh, so funny. But on Twitter, I can't follow him because everything is animal rights or, or atheism. And that's what typically the problem is. Not with you not believing in God, or for that matter, you believing in God. It goes both ways. It's that you won't shut up about it. Same with vegans. I have a very good friend. Her posts are constantly filled with, you know, the vegan stuff. And then the CrossFitters. We all know the CrossFitters. And I want to rank them. I want to, I want to decide who is the worst. <laughs> who is the worst of all three? Now, two of them, it's about improving your life. The third one, it's almost like you've given up on life. In a way... <laughs> so let's let's go to the first one and that's the crossfitter because i find them to be the the least irritating and i'll tell you why a lot of times you get a crossfitter it's changed their their life and how they feel about themselves and so they want to tell the world if you lose you know if you're like adele and because of working out you lost seven stone that's 50 pounds to you and me in America. You want to tell everybody how you did it. Because people come up to you and say, Hey, my God, you look great. Wow, look at your shoulders. And you want to go, oh, CrossFit. So I kind of get it. I, years and years ago, I did P90X. I still do it to this day. Although I slacked off quite a bit. More like P9X. But I lost 23 pounds pretty quickly. And, and just kind of built some muscle. And I felt great about myself. And people noticed, man, what have you been doing? So you just want to tell them. So the CrossFitter, when, when I hear them talking about, you know, their CrossFitting, I, I kind of get it. But then, then I go, okay, this maybe this is something, I'll step my game up and I'll, and I'll check it out. And then I saw this, I saw one of the workouts, the, the pegboard. Okay, listen to this. Three pegboard ascents. 24-calorie row on a rowing machine, 16-calorie bike, eight dumbbell squat snatches. Now, sure, who doesn't love uh, eight dumbbell squat snatches, uh, you know, before breakfast? But this is tough. And so, I get it. They're, it's all about self-improvement. It's, it's what they, you know, they want to tell the world. I'm okay with that. So, of the three right now, CrossFitter, for me, is distant third. Okay. In second place, and this is where it gets more tough. And I've got to put, I've got to put atheist in second. The worst part about the atheist isn't that they don't believe in God. It's that they think they're smarter than everybody. 
like they have the secret. Like, ah, oh, you morons falling for that fairy tale. <laughs> I'm the smart one. I know that it's lights out. Do you also know that you're going to go to hell? <laughs> but that is the worst of it. Because I'll be honest, I, I, I'm not an atheist because I'm not arrogant enough to really think I know what happens. I have no idea. Now, I have my belief system about, you know, religion and the afterlife and God or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, but, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't know if I buy into Christianity or whether, you know, Islam, their take on the whole thing, which, by the way, is very similar. They're all very similar. I don't know. And I don't know if that helps me out. But I, I'm, not, I'm not one that has ever fallen for the idea that if you do good on earth, you know, God's going to give you a mansion. I just need a studio apartment, man, in a good side of town. <laughs> no, I just, my, my thing, and I've always had this discussion with my mom, because she's very religious, very, uh, very much a right-wing Christian. It's like, you know, if you, if you don't believe in God and that God, then you're screwed. And I've told my mom, so there's a, a Buddhist monk or there's somebody in some other part of the world that was never exposed to Christianity and has lived a great life and hasn't done one one millionth of the things I've done and they go to hell. But because I go, oh, I believe in you, God, I, I get to go. Doesn't It just doesn't make sense to me. But the atheists are just so, you know, they're ruthless about it. And it's almost because they've given up. It's like, ah, well, what does it matter? You know, it's lights out. So, I mean, what do I got to look forward to, right? It's like eating dessert first. If you already know that's the dessert, and you're like, huh, uh, what's, what's the use to look forward to anything else? And they believe that religion is just something that the powerful at, at any given time in our history put in line and put down to keep people in line. That's what religion is, to keep you in check so you don't do bad things, which isn't a bad thing, is it? But atheists, if they just be, now the, I'm not talking about the quiet atheists. You're cool. <laughs> and, and I'm not talking about the quiet Christians. You're cool. So the over-the-top uh, right-wing Christians that try to tell me how to live my life, you can pound sand as well. So of the three, as far as most irritating between a CrossFitter and an atheist is, and a vegan has got to be the vegan. Maybe I don't love animals. Is that the problem? I mean, I'm not going to kick my dog when you're not looking. I'm not going to harm any animals. But I, I kind of believe they're good eating. And I, I want, I mean, if you, if you don't want to eat them, cool. I totally understand it. Ethical reasons or dietary reasons for whatever reason. I don't like vegetables that much. I can do broccoli. I could do some, you know, I can do some things here and there, but it's not, I'm not a fan. I'd rather have a steak. You want to go out and slay a squash? You know, I don't care. The other thing is if I became a vegan, what the hell am I going to eat? I can't just eat broccoli. So that's why I would be the fattest vegan on the planet because all I would eat is pasta and sugar. That's not good. No matter how many times I CrossFit, 
I'm never going to burn off the fettuccine Alfredo, made without eggs, of course, because I would be a vegan. And, 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 the, and the part of the veganism goes into animal rights, and that's cool. I don't want any animals harmed in any way. I don't even like hunting. I'm not going to hunt. I want the meat I eat to be killed for me. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I used to watch, what, Northwood's Law. Uh, this is a show on Animal Planet or whatever it was. And they'd shoot the deer and then they cut the deer. No, thank you. Just give me the meat. I don't want to see that stuff. <laughs> right? Because you would become a vegan, right? And, and then, you know, that's where the veganism goes into some different things because I don't believe in trophy hunting. I'd, how can you go out uh, and shoot a giraffe? Okay. I can understand you shooting a lion or a tiger if it's coming at you. Not if you're going on a hunt and surrounding it and shooting it behind, you know, that's not fair. But a giraffe or an elephant? How do you kill those? Those are amazing creatures. And I understand tigers and lions are amazing too. But I watched the Tiger King and now they're not as amazing to me. Except the one that ripped off the girl's arm. Pretty amazing. That's why I don't F with lions or tigers. So I get that. And I, I, I don't want animals hurt unnecessarily. But in this scheme, uh, vegans, they won't shut up about it. And I guess if your cause is to save the animals, you have to be vocal about it. Uh, I suppose that's okay. It's just not me. So I guess we can finish this up. We do have a song of the week coming up, inspired by uh, the crappiest Cinco de Mayo ever. Uh, <laughs> depending on how you feel this morning. So let's, let's do F. Mary Kill. How about that? Can you put a little thinking into F. Mary Kill with a vegan atheist or a CrossFitter? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go first. Well, yeah, yeah, you F the CrossFitter. I mean, because they're in amazing shape, right? They probably got lots of stamina. Uh, but you can't marry the CrossFitter. Because that sounds like, oh, that'd be awesome. I'll marry the CrossFitter. I'm going to get me some, you know, good, mmm. Um, because the, you're going to feel insecure, okay? And, and you're, you're going to feel lazy. And they're going to go, hey, as they're lifting up like oil cans. <laughs> oil cans. As they're, they're, as they're flipping over truck tires in the living room. You're gonna you're gonna get that look all the time. Uh, what is that? Your third piece of pizza? So you can't marry a CrossFitter. So you f the CrossFitter. You you uh, you you marry the atheist, right? Because that's that's the harmless thing, right? You just marry the atheist. And is it, are you really married? Because they don't believe in God. So the marriage is kind of null and void. I don't care if the state of Nevada says it's cool. They don't believe in God, so do they believe in the marriage? Mm -hmm. And obviously, you kill the vegan. Well, because you can't, you, you, you can't, you know? Uh, if you marry the vegan, you, you, no chicken wings, no eggs, no steak, nothing. No. So, uh, you might have a different opinion, but uh, F, marry, kill. I F the CrossFitter. I marry the atheist, and I kill the vegan. There. I have spoken.
episode 132 church of spenstology uh, podcast and this is a song uh, for those that had uh, a great cinco de mayo maybe you found uh, the tequila and you drank your ass off but the thing is you and mr patron you are not drinking buddies he has the upper hand at all times this is called uh, mr patron mr patron we are not amigos <laughs> It says to my own, I have yet to go home. On my head are my chonies. Where the hell are my pantalones? Mr. Patron, we are not amigos. I smell like I may have bathed in cerveza. Woke up based out in salsa on a barroom mesa. Last night I swear I saw a burro and he tried to take a bite of my churro. Mr. Patron, we are not amigos. Senoritas with margaritas with Patron tequila will kill you in the end. <laughs> I must own that I'm grown and should have known that me and Mr. Patron, we will never be friends. Someone on Insta posted pics of the fiesta. An hombre with a sharpie drew a wiener on my cabeza. That salsa I woke up in wasn't salsa, and the burro was a waitress named Alma. Mr. Patron. We are not amigos. Mr. Patron, we are not amigos. <laughs> he likes his family porn with a side of chili. It's the Church of Spenstology podcast. Why wouldn't I? It's familiar and it's always spicy. <laughs> Uh, my name is Spence, by the way. I'm an out-of-work uh, radio DJ. I hate saying that, but I am. I'll work for promotional swag and the, and the keys to the company van. Here's how you can find out more about me. Follow Spence on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Spenceology at S-P-E-N-C-E-T-O-L-O-G-Y. And check out Spenceology.com. Yeah, please do that. Like, follow, subscribe, do all of that. Thank you again to Professor Blue and Castor Troy for the beats. Episode 132, the Church of Spenstology podcast comes to a close. Thank you for listening. I, I love chili, but it's not, the mo it's not more important than family porn.